Hello there, and thanks for joining me with the Psychology Report. I've been working on this uh, idea of the psychology of religion over the last couple of days and uh, looking at different aspects of religion and how it plays into the life of an individual, how people uh, use religion, if you will, for their own personal good and benefit, and how religion does help them. We looked at prayer psychology of prayer and why people pray and how they use prayer to advance their own personal agenda. Then we looked at the idea of church attendance and uh, learned from the research that church attendance is directly related to happiness. That is, the more you become involved in a church by attending it and, and, and being part of it, the more likely your happiness score will be increased and you will manifest a happy a portrayal of life and experience. Tonight I'd like to look at the issue of the psychology of singing. Singing is a very important part of church. You can't go to any church without, first of all, going through the ritual of singing. For some churches, it's an hour of singing. For other churches, it's 20 minutes of singing half hour, of whatever it is, it's a very important part of doing church. It's always the first part of doing church. There's something that singing does to an individual as to why they do that first and then follow the idea of singing with verbalage, verbal teaching, verbal chanting, verbal... Uh, Run, uh, rendition of various kinds of ideas and so on. So singing is a very important part of doing church. And there's a reason why we do it. There's a reason why we do it first. And we re there's a reason why we do it for so long. I recently was able to watch on television by streaming two churches, uh, both black churches, by the way. The singing was about an hour in length. And at the same time, I've watched a number of white churches and uh, been part of a number of white churches. And singing is generally somewhere in the 20-minute range, 25 minutes. Why the difference? And why do we do this? What, do we, what comes of it? What's the purpose of singing? So singing is a very important part of, of, of doing church. And um, here's a couple ideas. Okay. Here's what singing does. It allows you, as the worshiper, to put into words a feeling, an idea, just a, a general thought pattern that you have, but you can't put it into words. You don't have the words to express yourself and how you feel about something or how you think about something or what you want from something or how you enter into kind of a church program, or into a religious experience. It takes a religious experience and gives you the words to express yourself. So you don't have to think. All you have to do is repeat the words. And the words seem to then take on meaning for you and give you that sense that you're important and that you have uh, a great idea to share. You have a great feeling to uh, demonstrate to others. And you have words that bring you together with other people. Singing brings you together. 
But first of all, I think what it does, it, it's a way to give you the words that otherwise you don't have to express what you call your faith, your own personal faith. So it's easy. It's easy to have faith. Because when you go to church, the words are given to you, are provided to you through this group singing manner. Sometimes it's, they're written out in a book, known as a hymn book. Sometimes they're written out on a wall, kind of a screen on the wall, or they're written on a screen up in front. Sometimes they're just memorized, or sometimes you, all you do is just follow the leader and imitate and mimic what a leader says, because it's leaders' expressions of words, and you just follow and you chant those and you repeat those and you repeat those, and they become your own. So it's a way of acquiring an expression of your faith by taking somebody else's expression and making it your own through singing. Okay, that's number one. Number two, em- emotional release comes from singing. You know, if you sing a song and you sing it again and you sing it again and then you sing it louder and you sing it louder and you sing it faster and you sing it faster and you sing it with, with, with rhythm, you're getting yourself emotionally charged, emotionally aroused, and then express your emotions through singing. So it starts out slight, it starts out soft, it starts out slow, it starts out just in a manner of uh, easy expression. But as singing goes on and it becomes more of a chant, more of a uh, words of arousal and uh, an experience of arousal, the more emotional release you experience yourself. So at the end of a singing episode, whether it's one song or it's many, whether it's end of 20 minutes or the end of an hour, you have emotionally expressed yourself. You have emotionally released yourself. You have given release to the emotions that otherwise have been pent up all week long, all day long. And when you release your emotions, you then experience a sense of satisfaction, a sense of joy, a sense of of um, pleasure, and that gives you a real meaningful reason for being in church. Singing gives you that reason because you feel better when you have sung. You feel better when you've expressed yourself emotionally. And the more that you work up, the more that you arouse yourself and emotionally express yourself in word and in song and in dance and in body motions and in hand movements, and, and so on. The more that you in, uh, engage in that uh, song of um, praise or the song of worship or the song of, of belief, whatever it is, the more that the emotions become part of that, the more you feel good. And when you feel good, you like what you just did, and it validates that what you have just done is right and good and proper and that you feel better for yourself. And you just feel like you have let go of an enemy. You've let go of a spirit of containment and a spirit of restriction. You've let yourself go. And now you become a free individual. So that's number two, the psychology of singing. Here's the third one. Singing bonds people together. You know, when you're sitting in an auditorium and you're singing, or standing in an auditorium and you're singing, 
and you're singing with 50 people or you're singing with 500 people or you're singing with 5,000 people. The more that you sing and the more that people around you sing and the more that there is this kind of joint effort at singing, the more the bond is between the people who are singing, who are sitting next to you, sitting around you, have come to the same church with you, live in the same neighborhood with you, from the same city. But the more that there is this kind of uh, mutual music of singing, the more the people feel connected to each other, feel bonded, you know, feel they're part of each other, feel they're part of themselves and something bigger and something better. And uh, enjoy that, you see? So you begin to bond with your neighbor. You begin to bond with people you don't know because you're doing something in common. You're doing something that is mutually expressive and mutually joyful and mutually satisfying and mutually relaxing. And when you do something with somebody where you're mutually relaxing, you bond with that person and you become part of that person's life and you make friends and you make associations and you feel that you're part of something. It decreases your loneliness and increases your, your togetherness with other people. That's what music you know, does for you. You go from just being alone to being one part of an entire congregation, part of a group of people. There's that sense of oneness that you achieve through music. And you decrease your loneliness. You decrease your isolation, your depression, if you will. So that's the next point. Music decreases depression, decreases your anxiety, decreases your fear, decreases those emotional experiences that bond you, that, that bind you together, that bind you into yourself, that give you that sense of loneliness, that sense of despair, that sense of depression. Because music is expressive and it brings you out it opens you up and it brings you into the life of other people. And you feel now that you're part of something bigger than yourself. You feel that you're, you're bigger than just your own little family or your own little person or your own little home. You're now part of a larger community. And when that is the case, you feel better. You feel less depressed. And you feel more that you belong and that you are part of something that you feel is very important to you that you decrease your loneliness and increase your togetherness, that sense of togetherness with someone else. And then also, singing in church, I think, gives you a format of learning. You learn through music. You learn through poetry. You learn through rhyme. You learn through this repeated chanting of a phrase or of an idea that as you express yourself and as you over-express yourself and routinely express yourself and ritualistically express yourself, you experience a learning process. You learn about your faith. You learn about the Bible. You learn about the God that you worship. You learn about the church that you belong to. You learn about the religious faith that you are part of. There's a learning process that comes, and you learn much better if you can sing something, than if you just read something. You learn much better if you sing in joint effort with other people than if you just sit there and listen. 
and just kind of repeat it inwardly to yourself. So there's a learning process that goes on there, and you feel like you've accomplished something. You learn that you've achieved something. When you sing songs because you've learned an idea. Sure, the song is maybe a lot of words. Maybe it's not very many words, but just repeat it over and over again. But whatever they are, whatever the word is, and whatever the meaning of that is, you learn that. And now you can say, I, I have learned something today. I've achieved something. I've been successful in a learning attempt and learning process. Well, singing promotes learning. But you do it in a fun manner. You do it in a manner that's enjoyable. But you do it in a manner that you jointly learn with other people. And that gives you that sense that you, are, that you not only belong, but now that you belong to something that is growing, and that is your knowledge, your understanding of your faith is growing along with other people. And then lastly, let me just say this. Uh, singing. I can do what I could not otherwise do. You see, when you sing, you perform. You perform to yourself. You perform to the people around you. You're a performer. You imitate the person up front on the stage that's going through a gyration or going through a ritualistic way of leading the singing for the congregation. And when you do that, you imitate that person. So you become a performer that otherwise you couldn't do. See, a lot of people have stage fright. They can't talk. They can't speak. They couldn't get up in front and, and go through a gyration or go through a body motion or movement. They're too embarrassed. They're too self-conscious. They're too inhibited. So when you follow a leader, when you follow somebody who is going through a, a full physical expression of of uh, body movement and body uh, gyration, you do the same thing. And you feel good because now you have performed. You're a performer. And you always wanted to be a performer. But you were too anxious. You were too nervous. You were too stage fright to perform in front of people. But you can perform along with people in the congregation, in the audience. So the whole audience becomes performers. And when you become performers, you enter into a range or into a realm of experience that otherwise you could not do because of your own anxiety and your own inhibitions. So it, lets, it releases your inhibitions and allows you to go through that process of becoming an expressive individual of a thought or of a belief or of an idea or of a construct or of a concept or of a value that otherwise it would be hard for you to put into words and hard for you to express to people, convey to people in words, so you do it in joint unison, following a leader, and in the process of that, you become the performer that you've always wanted to become, you, you always secretively wanted to be. So there's the psychology of religion again, and uh, we look today at the issue of congregational singing and the role that that plays in our life as an individual. And uh, those that do not go to church don't have that experience. They go to concerts they, to have that kind of an experience. And that's why concerts in our world, in our society today, are so popular. Because they allow for people to have this kind of joint experience, this performance experience, this being part of something larger and something good and something better. 
and that you're just being not one person who joins in along with a lot of other people to rise up above your day-to-day -day experience and go forward and learn something, express something, be noticed for something, and be part of something bigger than yourself. And in the process, have that sense that I belong. I belong. I'm not alone. I'm not isolated. I belong. And a very important psychological feeling and concept to achieve. So anyway, nice to have you with me today. I recommend that you go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, one of our sponsors is the um, Pregnancy Center of Fresno. They're moving. They're moving to 1127 East Olive Avenue in Fresno. And they're going to have an open house on Sunday, September the 17th from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Plan to be there. But they're starting to do business now in their new location. And uh, up to now, they've been downtown near the Fresno Hospital, Community Hospital. Now they'll be at 1127 East Olive. And that's an olive by Van Ness, just off of Van Ness. So send them a few dollars. They're going to need some bucks to pay for their new facility and to uh, open their new facility. And the expenses are going to be greater. So don't forget to add them to your giving uh, for the summer. And as you come to the end of the summer, send them a few dollars. That's a very good thing, you know, to do. And that is the Pregnancy Care Center of Fresno. Now, if you don't live in Fresno, there's a pregnancy care center near you. Sometimes it's referred to as the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Find the one that's near you and become part of it. Support them in person, but support them financially. They need your help. They do a great service for young people who are in a crisis situation regarding pregnancy. And they lead them into the options rather than to just move forward into abortions Look at the options and look at the way they need support and can have support to work through this crisis in their life and do it in a way that's honorable and respectful and with dignity. So I recommend them. Hey, good to have you with me. Bye for now.